Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. episode 177 of A Pot of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Servich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wiggin. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Allison. So uh, after one, parentheses, one, good week. The Mets lost two out of three to both the Braves and the Angels last week. Uh, so We're back, back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Mets are so Mets, back. We know, like we never <laughs> left. Like we never left, although they are winning as we record this on Monday night. That could obviously change. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like Tyler McGill is is pitching over his head at the moment. And like David Peterson somehow pitched well last week. <laughs> the only two yeah, games the Mets Peterson won are like the ones he pitched. <laughs> struck out uh, Otani yep. <laughs> multiple times. He did do <laughs> that. That David Peterson. Why not? That one. Maybe Otani would be so impressed with him, he never wants to face him again. And we'll oh, sign like with that. <laughs> Excellent theory. Uh, that's that's the type of thinking I like. He um, had not one, but two strikeouts. Yes. Yes, he did. I mean, it feels like more strikeouts than he got the entire rest of the weekend put together. Yeah. The, I mean, I mean, the the... Yesterday was the only time that the Mets like kind of kept him off the bases and it's the only game in that series that they won. I don't think that's a coincidence <laughs> by any stretch. I feel like I could be making it up, but I think I thought that he had an on base streak 
see is that uh, street that he had going and that they snapped. I could oh. be making it up. I mean, it's entirely possible. Otani starts a new streak every day. And so, <laughs> yeah, but. uh, So, yeah, David Peterson and Tyler McGill pitching surprisingly well after not pitching well basically all year. Um, but then on the other side of the equation, you unfortunately have Carlos Carrasco, who continues to be really, really bad. Um, and you know, on Saturday he gave it's up. Hard to watch. It you know, is. I really, I watch. like get him out of there. It's yeah. it cannot be good for his mental well being. Yeah, yeah. He gave up five runs in one and two thirds innings on Saturday, um, and was heartily booed by the city field crowd, which I was upset hearing that. I didn't like that at all. Like the man's career is simply over. Like he's washed. Like, what do you want? It's not like he's not trying. (laughs) And like, he's a good dude. He's not doing this on purpose. He's not like Trevor Bauer out there. He's a legitimately good person who's just trying to do his best. And unfortunately it's not enough anymore. Yeah, and, like, they showed him in the dugout looking all sad afterwards, and that just, like, broke my heart. Um, I mean, it's the end of August. It's a lost year. I mean, make up something about, like, putting him in the bullpen and, like, maybe let him throw a few innings out of there. Like, why not? But just, I don't know. They it just feels... Ugh, I just can't watch it anymore. No. Give him a mysterious IL and call up the churve and be done with it. Yeah, they can't keep throwing him out there. They... Should be giving these chances to Joey Lucchese or maybe even Mike Vassell or just someone who might factor into the equation next year, which is not Carlos Carrasco. Or Noah Syndergaard? God, no. God, no. His ERA is almost as high as Carrasco's. Put it on in the bullpen. Maybe he won't be bad. (laughs) I mean... I I am sad about that also. I am too. Um, like his career has ended pretty prematurely. Um with Carrasco at least like you know, he's how old is he? 36. Um at least his career is ending at a somewhat normal time for career, for baseball career stand whereas Noah Syndergaard is only 31. Um and it's sad that his career seems to be already over. Hopefully not. Maybe he can reinvent himself as a reliever or something. Possibly. I mean, Harvey gave it a few chances, a few goes after, you know, he was on the downswing. So he found a couple teams. So maybe Noah will too. Maybe. I just, I don't know. Like, he's been bad for like three years now. Um, and I just don't see it getting any better. But I hope he proves me wrong. It's um, wild to think that Zach Wheeler could be like the last man standing next year. Yeah. And like he's very much still standing. Like yes. yeah. No. He is extremely Coincidentally, in the, prime the of one his who the, the one who spent the least time throwing for the Mets because he had that crazy long DJ. Yep. Mm. What mm-hmm. do you know? Makes you think. Steven Matz is still technically a thing, but I think he's hurt again. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Um, I can't remember whether he's on the IL. I mean, the Mets just played the Cardinals, and he didn't pitch in any of those games. I would have remembered that. But that doesn't mean he just wasn't lined up to pitch those games. Let's see. 
See, the Cardinals currently... were just blown out by somebody, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was involved in that. See if he's currently active. Where is his game logs? Yeah, he last pitched on August 12th. So that's, that's not a great sign. No. That doesn't scream active roster. No, nope, it sure doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, August 14th, St. Louis Cardinals placed Stephen Matz on the 15-day injured list. Yes, so he is hurt again. With what? The, the face not, and an arm issue? or I'm not sure. Dan Worthen syndrome. Yeah. I have to Google what the injury is. Oh, he just went, oh, a lat. That's not good. No. Yeah, oh even worse. He underwent an MRI literally today. He's been out for like two weeks and they got an MRI. And it's not great. Yeah. The team will decide on the next steps after the results have been read. If cleared soon, Matt's could be brought back as a starter or reliever, depending on the number of games left. Yeah, no, he's not coming back this season, Cardinals. <laughs> that's 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 though. So yeah, uh, Zach Wheeler, the only one currently healthy and effective of those. Guys. Not only effective, like dominant. Oh, really good. Yeah, like an like an ace. Really good. Yeah, like one of the best pitchers in the league. Yeah, and just solidly good every year too. Yeah. Yep. So good for him. It's great. I'm yeah. so happy for him. Yeah. Wishing really you all the best, thanks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, so some more like deck chair shuffling has happened since we last recorded. Um, there's deck chair shuffling every week now because the Mets are just a collection of <laughs> randoms at this point. Um well, Mark- sinking ship. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mark Vientos got activated from the IL after a really, really short like rehab stint. He played in like one rehab game and they were like, okay. Sure. And so now. Um, and Abraham Almonte was designated for assignment, so he's gone again. Uh the I feel like the happiest uh, roster development is that Sean Reed Foley returned from Tommy John surgery and pitched for the first time. I think it was on Monday or I forget what when his first appearance was. It was no, it was in the uh, it was in the Brave series. Um, and he struck out the first batter he faced uh, en route to a scoreless inning. Um, and then he also pitched, uh, was many, one of the many parade of relievers to pitch in relief of Carlos Carrasco after he left in the second inning on Saturday um, and pitched uh, and had a scoreless outing that time, too. So um, and has looked really good. Uh, so that's like a good story. Wait, is he the one who they got for Stephen Matz? Yes, correct. <laughs> so that was a good transition. We didn't <laughs> even notice. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, the Stephen Matz connection. So, yes, Sean Foley is one of the pitchers that they got back for Steven Matz um, and uh, he did have Tommy John surgery but he's back and he looks good I don't know maybe he's good maybe he's a guy unclear we will see let's find out let's find out he's has he's I mean I'm sure he's gonna be on the roster for the rest of the season because they don't really have anybody else Um, I feel kind of bad for Adam Kalerik though because he was DFA'd like today or yesterday and he pitched like four scoreless six scoreless innings over like you know the past two weeks and he was rewarded by being DFA'd to call up tr- Jeff Brigham for some reason. And they traded for Kolarik. They sure did. Yes. 
they traded for him. I think they probably think he'll clear waivers. I guess. Oh, still, that's I mean, odd. safe enough bet, but like also why to trade for a guy who would clear waivers? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that they, I think that they wanted Phil Bickford because they got both of them. I don't know, but they just got we them can't... for cash. So why I mean, buy can't a guy get just Phil Bickford? De- you know, God forbid. Can't get, can't get enough Phil Bickford. <laughs> buying one used Adam Kale- one used Adam Kalerik and then throwing him in the trash like why I don't understand they paid money for him they traded him literally for cash they traded for him literally for ca- cash considerations I okay whatever <laughs> it was a strange move I thought I don't know he looked he looked decent he's I always I have a soft spot for the funky sidearming relievers. Yes, I yes. think they're yes, very Yes, everybody fun. does love a good sidearmer. A good no sidearming lefty uh mm-hmm. and a cleric is one of those uh hopefully he'll be back. Maybe he'll clear waivers. Who knows. Um so there are a couple of other like miscellaneous bits of Mets news. Um one of them is a very happy development which is that um we found out this week that um Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry will have their numbers yay. retired at City Field next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Very good stuff. Um this is like I mean we had this conversation um the last time we talked about number retirements when Keith Hernandez got his number retired. Um, which is that like I'm a big believer in the Mets honoring their history more. Uh, and I, I think the, it's clear that the Cohen regime feels the same way. Um, and they are kind of not writing wrongs. That might be a little bit uh, extreme uh, phrasing, but they're kind of like changing their philosophy about retiring numbers and being more inclusive when it comes to number retirement and not doing the like unofficial rule that they have to be in the Hall of Fame to have their number retired, which I always thought was pretty silly. Yeah. Um, I mean, once again, the benefits of a team being owned by someone who likes baseball. Like, yeah. it's obviously not a perfect right. formula, but you get stuff like this out of it. But not just someone who likes baseball, likes the Mets. Yeah, exactly. And, and is a Mets fan and not a... Dodgers fan. <laughs> and understands and wants to honor Mets history. Yeah. Um, so I think that this is the right move. Um, Doc and Daryl are, you know, obviously along with Keith, like really key figures um in that 86 team. So I think that's the right thing to do. I think I mean, I hope that David Wright is next. Um you like have to be at this point, I would think. I, yeah. I would hope. I don't know if there's anybody else like because it's clear that they're doing all the past guys going back and doing the past guys in order sort of before they get to David Wright. And I'm okay with that. They went and they did Kuzman first and then they went and did Keith and now they're doing the 80s guys. So I think there is going to be there's going to be a debate about Gary Carter. I think at some point I think it's it's a tough one. I feel like kind of a bubble situation. Yeah. But there's no wrong answer either. Yeah. I think that he, I think that he is kind of on par with the other, with like Doc and Daryl as far as like how big of a figure he was for that team. But he wasn't, he didn't have as good of a Mets career as those other guys had. And like, yes, he's a Hall of Famer, obviously. Um, But he's not a Hall of Famer as a Met. So I don't know. It's 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 a tough call. Um, 
And sadly, like, you know, I think that I don't know if this is like part of their consideration, but I think it is. Um, and it's unfortunate, but like Doc and Daryl are still alive to receive this honor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you're doing it for Gary Carter, you're doing it posthumously, which if he's deserving, he's deserving that it shouldn't matter either way. But it just sucks that even if it does happen, he won't be there to see it. Um, yeah, I guess there's not. Seaver wasn't there to see his yeah. statue built. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, there's not as much of a. I mean, not to say like, knock on wood, anything's going to happen to Doc and Daryl, but basically you can do Gary Carter anytime. Yeah. Yeah. That's also true. <laughs> so I think just that, keep yeah, it in your back pocket. Yeah, if they're gonna go with this like timeline thing, I think that, um, I think that Carter would be next if they're considering that, and then bef- and then if there's anybody else before David Wright, it would be like if they're looking at anybody else from those like, from the like ninety nine two thousand era team, like somebody like a John Franco or an Edgardo Alfonso. Um, but I think that those are very, very borderline cases. And even though Fonzie is my favorite Met, uh, like of all time, maybe it's he's at least top three, um, if not my favorite. Uh, I even I would say I th- I have a hard time seeing it. It would be a stretch, <laughs> I think. But yeah, he belongs in the Mets Hall of Fame, which they did. Like he deserved that honor, but not a number of retirement. I don't know if I would go that far either. Yeah. Um, and then it would, and then I think a really interesting edge case is Carlos Beltran that I, I have no idea what they're going to do given the, given the legacy of the cheating scandal and the fact that he was going to be manager and then he wasn't. And, um, but now he's back. But then he is still affiliated with the team and he's back. Is it a conflict of interest? Yeah. Like, so, and if it's, and I mean, I don't know how the, the cheating scandal is also going to affect his Hall of Fame case, um, but, like, obviously, if he gets in the Hall of Fame by the rule of the previous regime, he would have to have his number retired. So. We get both David Wright and Carlos Beltran Hall of Fame discourse next year. Hooray! Oh Can't wait. <sighs> Oof. Stay tuned, folks. And Billy Wagner, too, who I think deserves to be in. Oh, I hope he gets in. I do, too. He should be. Yeah. So It's not like the easiest case, but there's enough going for him that the fact that he's also a weird, cool dude should push over the edge. Yeah. So I think with with Doc and Daryl, they've done the last before David Wright. They've done the last of the very obvious number of retirements. Um, And now if if they're done doing like any if they're not doing any sort of edge cases, then David Wright has to be next. Like, come on. (laughs) I'm Giro. My patience wears thing. Yes, we need Dave back at City Field. Yeah, for real. Um, or at least induct him into the Mets Hall of Fame and then go from there. Yeah, seriously. Um, so to act as a transition uh, to our next bit of Mets news, um, I thought that uh, our fellow uh, Amazing Avenue friend uh, Chris Strohmeyer 
uh, who's been a moderator at Amazing Avenue for a long time, uh, put it best in Amazing Avenue Slack today. Uh, I don't have the exact thing he said in front of me, but he basically said, like, you can't trade away. You can't a- you can't act like you're changing your like philosophy about these number retirements and then trade away the guy who's going to break the record of all these guys. <laughs> Who's going to break a lot of these franchise records that these guys have, namely Strawberry in this case. Um, And he was referring to the uh, Pete Alonzo trade rumors, uh, which have grown in intensity in the past like week or so. It's so weird. It's just the most illogical thing. It's very odd. Um, It doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, we didn't, even, we didn't even talk about this like in any of our previous podcasts because it was kind of like a big nothing burger bit of news. Um, but it was revealed like a week or two ago um, recently that uh, that the Mets had been in talks with the Brewers at the trade deadline about Pete Alonso, but nothing came to fruition, which is like, yeah, OK, like that doesn't mean they were shopping him that just means that they were like listening to offers which one does when you are selling team and if the brewers had blown them away they probably would have done something but they didn't because you know like it just it's not it's not real news but yeah, it the was brewers might have called and been like hey we'll give you these guys for pete alonso no okay bye click <laughs> yeah like if that's that was the extent of the conversation then that is still enough that they're reporting it right they had a conversation about pete alonso um and now uh bob nightingale of usa today hashtag bob um is reporting that uh rival executives are saying that they believe that Alonso will be traded in the offseason. But that makes me feel I, better since it is hashtag Bob. <laughs> it is hashtag Bob. But yeah. again, it's just it, it's totally out of character. It doesn't make sense. But I mean, don't get me wrong. The Mets have certainly destroyed my heart and mine in so many various new ways before. It's not that it's impossible. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense from a baseball perspective. It doesn't make sense from a fan perspective. Like nothing about it is in tune with who Steve Cohen has been as an owner. So like, why would I believe that? Think about every recent trade where a team has traded away a star or like their franchise player. When has it ever worked out for the team that traded the star? Almost never. In the Mets own history, it hasn't worked out. Exactly. Exactly. There is no point in having Steve Cohen as an owner if the Mets can't retain their franchise players. No point. That's that's the whole point of Steve Cohen, that all Pete Alonso costs is money, and he's more valuable to the Mets than he is to any other team. So, And the team is going to start dropping payroll anyway. Right. And Um, Ken Rosenthal already reported that the Mets are definitely going to be interested in Otani, so you can't sell Pete Alonzo and then sign Otani like Otani's not going to sign with your team if you trade if the team trades their franchise play exactly like how bad would that look that would be a really hard sell to show hey so uh, I just until Caitlin Rosenthal or Passon reports something I'm not going to believe it well Rosenthal was the one who reported about the Brewers that the Brewers were talking to the Mets at the trade deadline but that's yeah. different which again is a perfectly reasonable proposition yes. yeah that's legitimate 
And will you give us 10 billion prospects for Pete Alonso? And none of these, yeah, none of these trade rumor things are coming from the Mets side, notably. They're all, it's coming from rival, it's the Rosenthal report about the Brewers talking to the Mets came from the Brewers, not from the Mets. And not to say that I, that means it didn't happen. I'm just saying, like, who is more motivated to leak this, right? To leak it, right? Um, is it the Brewers or the Mets? It's the Brewers. And then who is who is talking to Bob Nightingale? Rival executives. Who do you think is included in rival executives? Hmm. Would it be the Brewers? Would it be the team who might be a little upset that <laughs> Steve Cohen might be poaching their <laughs> their president of baseball operations? <laughs> hmm. <Yeah. laughs> Something to consider. And hmm. like I, I think it was Dave who said in Amazing Avenue Slack, like, you can get rival executives to say almost anything, just like how you can say get scouts to say almost anything. Like, yeah. these little messy bitches love drama. Like, they, <laughs> they love to anonymously go to Bob Nightingale and be like, the Mets are trading Pete Alonso. <laughs> more and more people are saying Oh, man, I would gossip it. in a heartbeat. Bob Especially to Bob, because he I've got nothing to say, up. but, like, I'll come up with something. Yeah. This is this is gossip The I like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Maggie said, I, I'm not putting it past the Mets. I'm not saying that this is an impossibility or anything like that. We've been around long enough to know that there are no impossibilities <laughs> with this team. Exactly. But I think that I think that Steve Cohen knows what a catastrophic thing trading Pete Alonso would be for like fan morale and just like you know the overall direction of the franchise um yeah just the pr alone yeah it's it's gonna be a really hard sell to the fan base and this is a fan base who's already upset and you're gonna pile that on top of it it would it would be borderline disastrous for the organization as a whole no matter who you got back in the deal yeah so i refuse to be preemptively upset about it i will become upset that the mets traded pete alonso when they trade pete alonso and not a moment sooner Uh, i'm gonna take to my i will take to my bed chamber in a six-month mourning period wearing (laughs) only black yes when the time comes i might have to i might have to call out of work that day like oh trust me (laughs) if the time comes i will be plenty upset I will be upset enough to cover these this these whole months leading up to it when I'm not yet upset. I will be upset. This is going to be one of those things I have to explain to my therapist, like give the context of so she understands where I'm coming at from. Exactly. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, yeah, speaking of things that, like, almost any baseball fan would probably need to talk to their therapist about, Shohei Otani has a torn UCL, which no. just really sucks. And that no. this isn't R.I.P. I know. This is, like, a, the biggest story in baseball right now. Like, it, it's not just about the Mets or, like, and it's not just that the Angels were playing the Mets, although that was the, that happened to be the timing of it. Um, was It happened right before... Uh, the Angels came to down. Luckily, uh, he was, uh, from a selfish perspective, he was still hitting. So we still got to see him play. Um, I am very got upset. to see I... him destroy the Mets. Yes. No, Just for real. set him up and knock him down and rock him, sock him. Those, those were the hardest hit baseballs I've like ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I was going to say, it was incredible. Like, TV definitely does not do him justice at all. <laughs> and like just watching him in the on deck circle, I was like, he's so big. He's huge. He's so huge. Like he just doesn't, I guess because you only see him on TV and you only see him next to other baseball players who are also big usually, but he's just like, he's such a large man. <laughs> um, anyway. I was going to say, just the sound that the ball made coming out of his back, oh off his back, is like, Oh, <laughs> that and then seeing it, it gets into the outfield in a hurry too. So fast, like you blanket, it's gone. Good lord. Um, so it's also sad that I was away and did not see Senga versus Otani. It was cool. How'd it go? How'd Senga do? He was good. I mean, the Mets lost the game, but he oh. he did a good job. But did he keep Otani in check or no? Or did Otani uh, win that battle? I don't remember what Otani did. I think Otani got a hit off him, but maybe okay. only one. Um, yeah, Sango only gave up like two runs over six and two thirds, or six, okay. yeah, six and two thirds. And but the Mets lost the game. They lost. Yeah, they only scored one run, so they lost oh. three to one. Sango gave up two runs, and then they got an insurance run later in the game. Um, so yeah, it, in addition to it sucking for baseball, like I, I had a huge like deja vu moment because, you know, it was 
like later report like the angels later went out and said publicly to the press that Otani declined an MRI. Yeah. Which uh, a not the thing you want to do if you want to keep him around. Um and B, it, I'm just like, oh my god, it's Jacob Degrom over again, and Noah Syndergaard all and over Noah again. Syndergaard, like just going out there and being like, well, he didn't want an MRI, so it's like, oh my god. Yeah, what were we supposed to do? <laughs> but there was an article that just came out, um, about how Otani's calling the shots, and it was actually a really well done article because he's in control like he should be the one calling the shots because this is he was his future yes yes um and you know it'll be interesting to see what he decides to do because obviously he's still monumentally valuable as a hitter he's the best hitter in baseball (laughs) um even if you take away the pitching entirely he's still like an amazing player um so it'll be interesting to see if he decides to get Tommy John surgery in the off season uh, for, for a second time. Um, and how will this impact his free agency? How will this impact the Mets ability to sign him? Uh, who can say it, it throws everything into, into question now. Um, but Ken Rosenthal wrote an article that basically the thesis of it was he's still worth $500 million and he's absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Cause he'll still, I mean, Bryce Harper came back mid season yeah. Yeah. to hit. So, I mean, he might not be on the mound anytime soon, but he could still hit, but he's the best year. hitter in baseball. Yes. And he, I was talking to uh, who I was talking to, but I'm like, he's basically Aaron Judge and Jacob DeGrom in one body. I'm like, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't even conceive of... I, I, I saw some... I saw a few tweets that were like, oh, this throws the whole, like, AL MVP race into contention. I was like, no, no, no. it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, who are you kidding? Are you joking? Even if, even if he was shut down for the year from both pitching and hitting, he still has the MVP locked up already. He has like nine war. <laughs> like the next guy has like 5.5 or something. <laughs> no, that's just ridiculous. Like, don't yeah. make me laugh. Bonkers. Please, please. Um, No, he is the AL MVP. It doesn't matter if he doesn't play, if he doesn't have another plate appearance this season. He's the MVP already. Um, Wait, um, uh, he, he hit 115 mile per hour double in his second at bat against Kodai Senga. Yes, yes, I do remember that. <laughs> 115? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the hardest hit ball of the entire C- series. Not even Pete Alonso hit a ball harder this weekend in New York than Otani, who was playing with and torn UCL. Yep. Just a freak of nature. Um. So we, we already talked about uh, the sad news about uh, Noah Syndergaard getting DFA'd by the Guardians and also kind of like the downfall of Carlos Carrasco in general um, but I did want to take a moment to uh, speaking of like sad pitcher news although and Otani is sad pitcher news too sad pitcher news abounds this week um, I did want to take a moment to acknowledge the fact that Steven Strasburg announced last week that he plans to retire uh, so that's thoracic outlet syndrome claiming yet another career which is yeah. really sad. Just 
and I think sad. I mean it's such it's just to think of that night the Harvey's better night which yeah. I mean I'm a little biased because I was there but that was <laughs> wild um and what was what was wild about it was not only was Harvey absolutely better but everyone there also knew that Strasburg was also outstandingly good it was just such a like a high for pitching overall yeah um and to have them both fall the same the same way is really is really rough yeah like they their legacies are forever kind of intertwined in my mind because they were both like such bright comets that shone so briefly across the sky of baseball um and you can't help but think about what could have been for both of them although Strasburg did get his ring and Harvey didn't it's really the only difference um and I guess Strasburg did get his big payday too which Harvey never got um and you know that Harvey wanted that um I mean maybe there's your argument for an innings limit maybe that's what an innings limit gets you is not um you know immortality but more time more time a little more time because if Harvey had just gotten a little more time he might have gotten uh that big contract from someone whether it be the Mets or someone else um Michael Bauman wrote a really good piece at Fangraphs about Strasburg that we'll link in the show notes and tweets that I highly recommend, um, kind of about the uh, decline of Strasburg and the end of his career and how sad it is. Um, it was a really good read, so highly recommend. Um, there are a couple other like notes from across baseball. Um, I wanted to bring up uh, the fact that in addition to the A's, there are other teams now threatening to relocate if they don't get the ballpark funds they want, um, which it includes the Brewers, who we already talked about a little bit on this podcast. Um, the Brewers are threatening to leave Milwaukee if Wisconsin taxpayers won't fund their stadium upgrades. Um, and now the latest entry into that uh, unfortunate club is the chicago white Sox, um who who are threatening to move to nashville everybody's threatening to move to nashville um who are threatening to move to nashville if they don't get what they want uh with their because their lease at guaranteed rate field runs out um in six years and they're saying like oh we if we don't um get a new ballpark when the lease is up then we're gonna relocate to nashville (laughs) which to be fair, I would also be trying to uh, relocate someone to somewhere with uh, fried chicken. That would definitely be my target for yes. a relocation. It's like, where is <laughs> the fried chicken? Real good. Yeah. There was also a little tidbit in that same report that uh, that Jerry Reinsdorf might look to sell the White Sox. Uh, so that's also a possibility, which I think, uh, I mean, I think... I don't I can't speak to uh for our White Sox fan friends, but I, I think that they would welcome that. Possibly. I think so too. Just a hunch. Just a hunch. Um but yeah, I mean like this this is a this is a pattern we've seen before. Um teams are constantly like threatening uh the public, uh threatening their own fans, like, oh, if you don't fund our stadium, we'll leave. It's like, oh my god, just sell the team then. Jerry yeah, has the right idea it. to sell the team if you can't afford to build a new stadium that you want. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's super disheartening. Um, you can't throw a temper tantrum and just 
threaten to up and leave every time you don't get what you want. Right. Major League Baseball owners, are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> they beg to differ. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, the White Sox just continue to be a mess in every facet. Uh, they did fire their executive vice president, Ken Williams, and general manager, Rick Hahn. Um, yeah, which kind of, it's kind of, that news was kind of like, why did it take this long, <laughs> honestly? Um, I'm surprised they even lasted as long as they did. Um, probably because they helped the win the team win the world series in 2005 but you can only hang on to the though you can only ride those coattails for so long yeah um and that whole organization is just a mess and they brought tony larusa back by the way in like an advisory capacity oh lord if there's anybody in life that we do not need to be taking advice from <laughs> yeah i would like to put tony larusa at the top of that list <laughs> correct yes um also update sean reed fully had another scoreless appearance excellent i'm really happy for him he's pitching really well um (laughs) making a case for being in the opening day bullpen next year yeah why not yeah (laughs) i mean even the fact that drew smith is like a borderline non-tender candidate at this rate they have like no relievers next year so and um maybe uh, David Robertson is purposely tanking to come home. Yeah, David Robertson's blown like three saves. Uh, they he, they took him out of the closer's role. Yeah. He's Probably didn't help anymore. that he pitched like 900 innings. Yeah, they yeah. kind of abused him too, so it wasn't totally Mets his got fault. out at the right time, I guess. No, no the, uh, the Marlins were using him like every night. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I think, I mean, the Marlins, the Marlins play a lot of close games because they rely so much on their pitching. So yeah, that's part of their problem. Yeah. So I think he's just probably worn out. Yeah, possibly. Um, And then he can come home where he was happier. Speaking of closers, this is like a late breaking thing that I didn't put in the show notes because it just happened today. Um, But Edwin Diaz spoke to the media for the first time. I miss Edwin so much. Quite a while. And he was wearing the Women's Day shirt. He when was. He was meant of the week. Yes. yes. Once meant of the week, always meant of the week. Yes, because yes. that would come after he wore the Pride shirt, too. We absolutely love some Edwin Diaz. Um, and he, he was talking him. to reporters, and he said he intends to return this season. Um now and he was he threw off a mound he's threw a bullpen for the first time um and he said he was hitting like 93 94 miles an hour quote easily so that's pretty encouraging um he was happy yeah he seems like really happy and optimistic about his ability to pitch this season which i know a lot of people are saying like yeah this but it's a lost season there's no point in him coming back and i understand that but um, I think it was Ron Darling was saying this during the broadcast, and I thought it was a really good point, which is that, like, these athletes, like, in their recovery, you need that carrot to dangle in front of them um, wow. to sort of, like, push them to not that Edwin Diaz would, like, be lackadaisical about his recovery if if he didn't think he could pitch this year. But it's kind of like it gives them that little extra motivation. Um 
you know, to to sort of work hard at their workouts and, and come back strong and healthy. Um, and I can understand the value of that. Um, you know, like, what's the harm in letting him like, you know, try to appear in one or two games before the season's over, get a little a little narco as a treat like come on yes i was gonna say if they considered the fans needing that narco hit <laughs> i need the dopamine so bad yeah i was gonna say have they considered my feelings at all of this <laughs> like if we're there for dollars for dingers and they bring him in oh my god that would, I would be i would so yeah, i would really what the shit. universe owes us after it, yeah. a whole year it's of so no true. narco exactly Linda, I think that you you were talking to me on Saturday about what's your extra going to be? What's your extra mm, going to be? Oh, I, dingers. I think that you need to have like a narco, like if Edwin Diaz comes back, like maybe an extra however much per Diaz appearance. Per, yeah, have that bonus. What's his number? Mm. 49? 39. 39. All right, I'll give an extra $39 if Edwin Diaz comes back this season. Mm-hmm. Same. I will match that. Boom. Yay, coming to our extra pledges on the pod live. <laughs> um, I'll use this as a segue. I was going to talk about dollars for dingers later, but I'm going to talk about it now. Um, so dollars for dingers is happening. Uh, it is obviously it's today as we record this, it's August 28th. So we're just a couple of days away from the start of Dollars for Dingers 2023, September 1st. As always, Dollars for Dingers will begin. So keep an eye out over the next day or two on all of our socials. Um, we will dingers, post dingers, dingers, dingers. Sorry, dingers. Sorry, I know you were saying all that actually important stuff that everyone needs to hear, and I'm like dingers, but yeah, dingers. Keep going. <laughs> no, dingers is the most important thing you need to. Know. It is. Um, yeah. but yeah, keep an eye out on all of our socials. We will post the link to our um trusty Google Sheet that we keep uh for the pledges every year. Um, we will post that link so you can make your pledge. Um, and we will also post the link to our special unique donation page this year, which is an exciting new Dollars for Dingers 2023 development. Uh, the National Domestic Violence Hotline has been so kind in uh, partnering with us uh, for for this uh, for this campaign. And they gave us kind of like our own landing page for the fundraiser. So now you don't have to when you finally do your um, donation at the end of the campaign, you don't have to put like a pod of their own in the memo line or whatever. You can simply go to our special landing page, which we will post the link for and say the link out loud multiple times. <laughs> uh uh, during the course of the fundraiser, uh, we will uh, you can go there and do and do your donation right there. And then it automatically keeps tabs on how much uh, is coming in related to our campaign. So that's very cool. Um, so that's a new development. And then obviously the in-person raffle event is on September 30th at Ebbs at four o'clock. Be there or be square. We have a whole bunch of awesome prizes for you guys. Uh, really, really fun things lined up for you. Uh, so yeah, to raffle off all to benefit the National Domestic Violence Hotline. So yes, it's almost dollars for Dingers time. So exciting. Um, a reason to look, watch the Mets look, in September. Yeah, if you look at tickets on StubHub right now, they're really super cheap too. So yeah. there's no reason not to come. <laughs> exactly. Come to the game. Come look to the at game. some cool raffle stuff. Meet it's, fun people. It's we will a, have um discount for event attendees again to get food and drink at ebbs yep yep discounted food and drink at ebbs 
Um, and it's a, it's a promotional day. It's a Mets headband giveaway too. So what more could you ask for? Exactly. I think it sounds like an awesome night. Just my unbiased opinion. Yes. Um, so yes, please come. Um, everything goes to the national domestic violence hotline. Please help us make this, uh, the best dollars for hangers yet. Um, and keep an eye out for the link to our Google page to make your pledges. Um, we're very excited. We can't wait. Um, but in the meantime, while we wait for dollars for dingers to start, uh, we will do walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Maggie Wiggin, what is your walk-off win for this week? Okay, assuming that the dollars for dingers kickoff will be next week's walk-off win. Um, my walk-off win this week is Simone Biles. Yes, yes! <laughs> we love her! I adore and I you know, watched with like my heart just, just clenched up in my chest during Tokyo when she couldn't go out there anymore. Um, I adore her. She has done so much to make gymnastics, just the most fun thing on the planet. And I missed her so much. And not only is she back, but like, she's back, baby back and like breaking records again. Um, And it's just been such a wonderful breath of fresh air and good vibes in sports and in women's sports and in, you know, mental health stuff, because I, a lot of people have gone through in, in their own way what she has gone through. And just to be able to, like, overcome that in the best way possible, that is like a walk off win. That is like some walk off chicken soup in my heart. Her floor routine was incredible yesterday. Oh my God, too. it's so much fun. I can't stop watching it. <laughs> I was like, I know, like, how I, like, the stuff she does breaks my brain. I don't understand how she does this. And she'll do, like, an insane tumbling pass, and you're like, I've never seen anything like that. And then she goes in the other direction, does, like, four more flips, and you're like, oh, wow, that was not done. Yeah, you know, she's still going. She's still going up. Oh, I know. I'm so happy for her. That was me, too. I was watching that yesterday. It's like, Simone's back. I love her so much. Like, I don't, I know that a case can be made for Serena, but I think Simone Biles is, like, the greatest athlete of this generation. Yeah, I think she is. Because I just don't, like, physics don't apply to her. (laughs) The stuff she does with her body should not be possible. No, no. Even her vault was just insane too. Yeah. Like, oh, she's um I'm yes. We I think we all share this walk off win. I I love Simone Biles and it's it's very refreshing to to see. I wouldn't trust anyone who didn't love Simone Biles. That is like instant red flag. (laughs) True. Um so speaking of women in sports and mental health, that's actually an excellent segue to mine and Linda's walk-off win, which is the same. Uh, we have the same walk-off <laughs> win this week. Um, if you've been paying attention to our social media at all, um, you know that Linda and I had the absolute pleasure and honor to attend the Women's Day celebration at City Field this year, which happened on Saturday. Um And there was like a pregame panel um, where uh, they had uh, four uh, really awesome and inspiring women who are in business. Um, You know, uh, one woman from Cadillac, one woman from the MLB uh, executive office, um, another woman from City. 
Um, and it was just a fantastic, fantastic panel. Um, and they talked about, you know, getting ahead in your career and imposter syndrome and mental health. Um, and it was just really empowering. The whole panel was awesome, led by Chelsea Sherrod of SNY, who did a great job emceeing the panel. Um, and yeah, it was amazing. Um, and yeah, we were uh, we were so happy to be there. And then we got to take in the game um, from the suites, uh, the Empire Suites at City Field, which was like so, so freaking cool. I'd never sat in the suites before. Neither have I. Um, and it was just really, really, really cool. Um, so yeah, the fact that we got invited to this, um, was just, I, I'm very humbled. I, I cannot believe we got invited to this and I, I didn't even, I, I didn't even care at all that the Mets lost I didn't no. for a second. That was secondary, honestly. <laughs> That's the least I've cared about the results on the field. I think ever when I've been at the ballpark, like ever, ever, um, I was, I, nothing could have tamed my joy. I was so happy. Um, the pregame ceremonies were incredible. Uh, the Little League Softball World Series winners from Massapequa uh, were there, and they uh, two and of them. Shohei waved to them. Shohei waved to them. It was, it was very so cute. cute. Um, that and two of two of their pitchers throughout one of the ceremonial first pitches. Uh, the other ceremonial first pitch was one of the Stanford women's basketball players through a ceremonial first pitch to Elizabeth Ben, which was very cool. Um, and obviously during the game, there were a whole bunch of festivities, including the special walk up music that everyone heard, which was really awesome. Except for Rayleigh, dummy. Except for Brooks Rayleigh is the only guy who didn't do it. Well, and Sean Reed Foley, but we gave him a pass because we said he might not have known. <laughs> he might not have known. He came up like five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> but I, whatever. I'm going to ignore that because the whole rest of it was so good. Special <laughs> my personal special shout out to my my two personal favorites. Um, obviously, Pete gets yeah. a shout out for Fleetwood Mac. Um, but my personal faves were um, Daniel Vogelbach for Vanessa Carlton um, <laughs> and DJ Stewart. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was so good. And DJ Stewart had a really good game, too. Um, He had like two hits. He uh, needs to keep Mary. I'm sorry. Yeah, he needs he, to keep Mish Blige. The, yeah, the, the hits are in that song for sure. DJ Stewart having such a month. Um, And so, yeah, it was just all around a fantastic experience. Um, Thank you so much to uh, Sam and Jackie and to the Mets uh, for inviting us. Uh, We we had the best time. It was it was so good. I I almost cried like three times. Yes. (laughs) And also just to see, you know, if since, you know, to see these women who are in these incredible positions, have incredible careers, but they were also also relatable. Like you said, talking about imposter syndrome and, um, you know, that's all something we've all felt and how, you know, and like even then it's like do i really belong here like i'm just an idiot but then um you know now i have chelsea shroud in my head saying girl get over it like that's what i'm gonna have to like keep telling myself like anytime i doubt myself like just girl get over it um and they just gave such good advice and they were all just you know so knowledgeable like you could tell they didn't mind you know us going up to them afterwards after the panel um and like we said like they talked about mental health and the same with Simone Biles like you know if the best 
people like Simone Biles is the best at what she does in the entire world. And if she can struggle, then you know that it's good to get that message out that you're no, you're not alone. And you know that's a lot of what these women were saying too. And then just to see, you know, that on the scoreboard they had they gave um, they talked about Joan Payson during the game. Um, so they talked about the history of her buying the Mets and they just had like a whole little informational thing about Joan Payson. Um, they had the women like walking into the stadium like they do with the players. That was the drip awesome. report. The cat, yeah. I think it was cat, the Cadillac drip report. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, they had all the women who helped organize the, the, uh, the event. They had them like in their outfits, like doing the little like catwalk. Uh, it was great. Yeah, like the slow mo walk into the stadium. Oh, it sounds awesome. Like it's just, I don't know if that ever would have happened under the Will Ponds. Um, so it's a, this is also just another nice change to, you know, feel a little more welcome and to, you know, feel inspired and to be involved. Um, you know, not just for us, but for any woman knowing that, you know, there is a place for you in baseball, which has been our message the entire time where we that's what we want. And now to see the Mets, you know, visibly doing something um, about that for the next generation and, you know, act, taking active steps to, you know, get the next generation involved um, was also really, really heartwarming to see. And I know everybody wanted... Um, no scrubs as the eighth inning sing along, but Whitney Houston has a very special place in my heart. So we were, I was rocking out. So I want to dance with somebody. Oh, uh, we both were. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with Whitney on Wednesday. No, I mean, no scrubs is absolute banger, but nothing. No, there's no losing in that scenario. No, like Whitney's true. got that local connection, so I feel like. Whitney is the eighth inning sing along was was pretty perfect. So I mean, <laughs> I had a race back from New Jersey Shore, <laughs> and then of course we had traffic, so it was a really really long day. But I collapsed in bed when I got home. Still but, worth it. But it absolutely was worth it. Um, and also shout out for them to also not skimping on the food either. Like they had lobster rolls in this week. <laughs> and Shake Shack. And Shake Shack burgers. It was and so we, good. And we were right near poor Logan O'Hop's family. Oh yeah, poor yeah. That was yeah. We were we were near Logan O'Hop's O'Hop's entire family because they had the suite like two suites over from us, and he's obviously from Long Island, so I imagine they show up whenever uh, they're in New York, whether it's playing the Yankees or the Mets. Um, so yeah, we were like. We were like two suites over from them. Um, and obviously that really horrific thing happened with the with the Angels pitcher. Um yeah. and that was that was really tough. That this was like it was interesting because this game, uh, for for all the like uh, unfortunate uh aspects of it in the sense that the Mets lost, Carlos Carrasco pitched poorly, like it was not lacking in uh action. Um, drama. And, yeah. And drama, including like one of the most like horrific injuries I've ever seen on a baseball field. Unfortunately, um, I hope that Chase Silseth is okay because that was really. He is horrible. back with the team. They said he spent the That's night good. in the hospital for observation, but they said he is back with the team. But they don't have the timeline on when he's going to return. 
it was a truly freakish play for it folks was. who didn't see it. Um, basically, the um, the Mets uh, tried to tried to do a double steal, but like failed to execute it. But then, like instead of throwing to third which would have gotten him a double play the pitcher threw to first base and then the first baseman tried to throw across the diamond to third base and the pitcher was like ran in the, in the in the path of the throw and was struck by the throw across the diamond in the head um and like and you know he took a couple of steps and then like collapsed and was clearly in like horrible pain um, and obviously came out of the game after that and yeah, had to go to the hospital. It was really, really awful. And then Pete Alonso got hit in the neck with a pitch and the bench is cleared, but no one actually fought. They just like stood around. <laughs> As they usually do. <laughs> As but yeah, uh, like I said, even though that was, that was horrible and I wish Chase still set the best, I was kind of like, nothing can tamper my joy today. <laughs> Yeah, like my vibes are still at an all-time high. Yeah, it was an all-time it was an all-time best vibes game like ever. Um that was so fun. Um and again, yeah, and like Linda said, just so indicative of like cultural change doesn't happen overnight, but you can see small nuggets of it manifest themselves and this was this was very strong evidence of cultural change in the Mets organization. This is the type of thing that was not a thing um during the Wilpon era um, you have more resources to plan a women's day when you're not busy defending lawsuits against employees you fired for getting pregnant yeah, yeah. that's an for excellent real. point like one of the positives of not firing employees for getting pregnant and i think it's just i think it's also just indicative like i think alex cohen's fingerprints are all over this i had a um, feeling you did that too yeah so yeah that's also you know indicative of cultural change in that way so it was it was just a a literal perfect day at the ballpark and thank you so so much again to um to jackie and sam and the folks uh at the mets for uh for letting us be a part of it thank you thank you we had the best time um so that does it for the show this week you can uh, follow, uh, you can go to homerandapplesauce.com to check out all of our fantastic content and all of our fantastic pods. You can support our work by going to patreon.com slash homerandapplesauce. You can follow homerandapplesauce on Twitter and Instagram at hrapplesauce. You can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and Blue Sky at a pod of their own. You can also email the show own at gmail.com. You can follow each of us on twitter and blue sky i am at petite phd where are you linda at linda service and you maggie at maggie 162 you can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app of choice just search home on applesauce you should be able to find all of our fantastic pods right there please rate and review the show it really helps people find it the original intro and outro music to this podcast is by bunga let's go mets and don't forget there's no crying in the